Hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Amy Brooks, and up until about five years ago, I was just your average mom of three. It was after the sudden loss of my father that my life changed forever, and the rising within me began. In this podcast, we will talk all things spiritual and healing through a very grounded and relatable approach. I hope you'll join me remembering who you always were as we rise together. Hey everyone. Hey risers. <laughs> what do you think about that name? Do you like it? The folks over at the Intuitive Rising community on Facebook, which was created for you, dear listener. So if you're listening or watching on YouTube or listening on Apple or Spotify, there's been a community that's been created for you. It's called the Intuitive Rising Community. It is on Facebook. Please go over and request to join if you feel called. But one of um, one of you suggested that we call ourselves as a community risers. So here we are. That's why I call you risers. We will rise together. So welcome back to another episode of the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm Amy Brooks. And today I'm coming on because I wanted to speak a little bit about grief and loss. Now today I'm like really feeling emotional. If you're watching the video on YouTube, you'll see like, I look like I've been crying, right? I do. I just kind of look like, you know, my eyes are a little puffy, a little bit of mascara. I tried my best to wipe it away. But um, yeah, I've been emotional today. There's a couple of reasons. One is that I just finished a mediumship reading with the client. So I just did a mediumship reading where we connected to multiple loved ones in spirit that th- this client had lost. And um one of them included a baby. So I'm not going to give too much away about it as it is sensitive, you know, and anonymous. And I don't have this person's permission to speak about it freely. But, um, you know, this baby had been lost in infancy. And um, we connected to that baby, to that spirit. And it was just so beautiful and healing um, for their mother and, you know, this session that I'm referring to had been rescheduled. So uh, originally it was booked for um, very early in the new year, so over a month ago. And I had not been feeling well at that time. I had started a new medication over Christmas and it just, I had a very rare side effect to it and I just did not feel very well at all. And so that was the only reading that I had uh, during that time period, during those first few days of January. And so I rescheduled. I asked if we could reschedule and she was very um, kind and accommodating and suggested this date. And as soon as she suggested it to me, I thought, oh, I can, this is divinely connected because this date today, the day that I'm recording is the anniversary of my baby's transition to spirit. So I've mentioned him before. I call him Henry. I've named him Henry. And I lost him um, in pregnancy right around the four month mark. You know, and this was a very traumatic loss for me. And, you know, this is the day. Today's the day. Today's the anniversary. 
today is, you know, sometimes we think about loss as before and after, right? That this is the before times, this is the after times. And when she suggested this date, I thought, oh, you know, that's that's just so divinely time, timed because I knew that she had lost a baby, you know, and um, I knew that baby would very likely come into the reading and you know, I have a baby in spirit. So it just feel, it felt aligned, you know, like if a, a session ever needs to be canceled on my end, oh, sorry, I'd never cancel it. But if it ever needed to be rescheduled because I was sick or, you know, just something happened or if the client was, let me know, you know, ahead of time, oh, by the way, can we reschedule that? It's not going to work for me anymore. I always trust that. So please trust that too. If like you've booked a session with me at some point, um, I just kind of have a stipulation that I need, um, you know, 24 hours notice. But if you give me that, I have no problem, you know, booking you at any time that you want, rescheduling you in. Trust that feeling, right? Um, it always works out. In fact, there's been multiple times where I have, um, I personally have needed to reschedule somebody um, because, you know, whatever reason. And when I give them the new date, when I, they're like, I'm open, like whenever you, whenever you have the next availability, um, let me know. And then I look at my schedule and I, I give a date back to them. Um, there's been times that I've done that. They haven't told me until after we've had the session, how amazing it was that I rescheduled it in the first place and chose that date. You know, maybe that date, there's been a few times where the date that I rescheduled the person to is actually very significant to them. It might be an anniversary of the person's passing or somebody's birthday um, in spirit, right? Like there's always a reason. Um, there's also been times where I've had to reschedule somebody because I haven't felt well. I mean, it doesn't happen as often as I am kind of making it out to be, making it out to be. It might happen like, yeah, you know, one in 20 times, um, if that. But um, there's been times where I've reached out and told somebody, you know what, I feel so bad, but like, is there any way we could reschedule this? So next week, um, or in a few days from now, and the person will say, it's like, you're reading my mind because I couldn't reschedule with you because I know the 24 hours has passed, but I actually feel like rescheduling is for the best for both of us because I'm like, maybe something's going on with them. Right. So I just have learned to always trust that. Um, so anyways, this reading I did this morning was a reschedule rescheduled today and um it was beautiful and it was healing and I actually had a good cry after after the session it just hit me some some readings just really hit me all of them touch me certainly um but there's some that just hit me in some way and there's usually like some sort of you know layer of healing in the reading for myself as well as as, as the other person as the client so that's one reason why I'm looking a little emotional over here. And the other is that I, you know, that today is the anniversary. And so I always remember him every February 10th, every day, right? Ask any mother who has ever lost a child, whether, you know, when they, after they were born or in utero, and they will know how old that child was, right? You know, they'll never forget. I will never forget. And so I think of him very often, but I, um, I was thinking about him today, um, a lot this morning. I was thinking about him a lot. And then I shared, um, this, this post that I share every year on Facebook when it shows up in my memories on February 10th, that is, um, you know, I carry you in my heart. Um, and I posted that little, that little, uh, poem 
It's from E.E. E. Cummings. And I had a good cry after I posted it, and I just felt his presence around me. I feel his presence around me very often. And it's interesting, because I told you guys in episode two how the thing that kind of alerted me around the 10-week mark that maybe something wasn't right was the fact that I didn't feel him, that I wasn't dreaming about him, that I just, I just didn't feel him. Now, I knew intuitively that he was a boy, um, as I did with my other children, the, the oldest two especially, just kind of knew their gender. But, yeah, I didn't with him. I didn't, I, I just had the sense, I, like, sorry, I did sense that he was a boy, but I didn't feel his presence around me very often, and that really unsettled me. But since he's transitioned to the spirit world, even in the process of losing him for those brutal few days that week after, I felt his presence very strongly. Very, very, very strongly. And I do totally, 100% believe that he was involved in, you know, is involved in or connected to our youngest who came in um, about 15 months after this loss. And I believe that they're connected um, absolutely and would know of each other at a soul level. And so this little guy, you know, I refer to as my rainbow baby. For those listeners who aren't familiar with this term, rainbow baby, um, you know, is, is to say it's the baby that comes in, the child that comes in after a loss, whether that loss is happens in utero or after the child is born. A rainbow baby is the rainbow after the storm and I just think it's beautiful and a beautiful symbol and that actually in itself um, I want to share about because when I was pregnant with our rainbow baby who is about to be seven at the end of this month time flies when you're having fun (laughs) Um, when I was pregnant with him that that early summer, so he had a due date at the end of February, middle of February. He was born at the end of February. He was my latest baby. Um, he was born at 41 weeks and one day, so eight days late past my due date. And uh, that summer, you know, like I would have conceived in May and so been in that early first trimester, moving into second trimester in the summer. And it was really difficult for me like my anxiety was really high because I've what I had gone through with Henry you know that loss and the time period that I had lost him and I was really really scared and nervous that it was going to happen again now I didn't have these nerves with the first two pregnancies I just I don't know I just I never experienced the nerves of pregnancy or worrying that the baby wasn't going to make it or anything like that I just I never never dawned on me. Maybe it was just being naive, right? Like not having the experience, the lived experience of loss. It definitely changes you after. But I, you know, I, I was nervous. I was scared. I was afraid that this was going to happen again. And I felt like I didn't really exhale. I think I actually journaled that. I, I made a, um, a journal post after my 20-week ultrasound that 
it was the first time that I exhaled that I went, okay, this is really happening, right? Like up until that, it was kind of, I don't know. I just, I didn't want to let my wall down in case it happened again. So this time, because of the loss before, you know, I was able to have an ultrasound pretty soon. I think at seven weeks I had my first ultrasound and I was able to see the baby and the heart beating. And certainly that made me feel some relief because, um, you know, the heart was beating. Everything was good. I remember looking at the the screen and at the ultrasound and, and the baby was like this big, itty bitty. We called him the gummy bear. We still have the picture because he looked like a little gummy bear. And... Um, you know, I felt some relief and I felt like, I felt like very hopeful, but I was still, I was still scared and nervous. And it was also weird because I, I shared in episode two, like with this last baby, our rainbow baby, I didn't want to know what the baby's sex was. Like I really wanted to have that surprise. And so I did have a dream at the beginning that now looking back at I, it was totally him, right? Like, I remember dreaming about this little baby, um, and it was a boy, and he had really dark hair. So my other children, their hair is kind of like my color, which is that like light brown, dirty blonde kind of hair. Um, my husband is very dark haired, and um, this baby that I dreamt of had like dark, dark hair. And, and sure enough, our, our youngest does have the darkest hair of all of our children. And I saw dark hair and this kind of like little smirk, like half, half smirk. And I thought, oh, this one, you know, this one's going to be trouble. But it didn't come in with the sense of like, I don't know if it was just because I was thinking that, like, I didn't want to know. So I didn't connect the dots that that was him. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. But in, in hindsight, I can see that I definitely was dreaming of him. Long story short, throughout the pregnancy, I did not have any more dreams about him, and I didn't want to know um, anymore. I just wanted him, him or her, to be safe, to be okay, and to be born, and, you know, to be healthy. And so, let's get back to that summer, that first summer. Um, we did have a midwife. We had two midwives, and midwives are amazing. Shout out to any midwives that are listening. Um, they are amazing. And so um, I remember like feeling really crampy, experiencing a lot of crampiness and just discomfort. And I thought like, I don't remember having this the first time or the second time. So I don't know about this. And so I called her, I was on high alert. Um, we had been out and about, I think running errands at the time. And um, we ended up, I ended up calling her from a Walmart parking lot. So we were parked at Walmart. We had just like run some errands and came back out when I was like, ugh. like when I sat back in the car, I thought, you know what? I think I should call. Like, I don't think I should let this go. I need to get checked out. And, uh, I looked up, so we had this like downpour. So it had been really hot, sunny day in July, maybe August at this point. I think August actually really really hot sunny day and then all of a sudden it got really dark a couple thunder showers or thunderstorms um, thunder and lightning and then it was like completely torrential downpour of rain and um, as I was sitting in the car and I was talking to the midwife it was pouring buckets and then I got off and she said you know like come in just come in and like we'll just we'll just check we'll just make sure you're okay um, come in as soon as you can and so um, after I hung up the phone, I looked up and the rain had stopped 
and there was two, there was a double rainbow, so two rainbows across the parking lot here at, at the Walmart. I have a photo of this, and I remember thinking, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, I knew right then and there that this was a sign from spirit, that this was, um, you know, confirmation, validation that I was doing the right thing with getting checked out, but also I kind of felt hopeful that everything was going to be okay. And um, sure enough, I went to the midwives and heart was beating, everything was okay, um, kind of took it easy for a few days, put my feet up, and um, yeah, was okay. The rest of the pregnancy, like I do feel like around the 20-week mark when I had an ultrasound, um, I kind of exhaled a bit, and there was a sense of like, okay, this is like really happening, because I had made it further than I had the last time in the pregnancy. So I thought, okay, like, this is good. This is good. We're making it this far. Um, and yeah, the rest of the pregnancy, I would, I still, I still, I definitely will not say that I let total, like I let go of the anxiety or nerves. It wasn't totally gone until he was born, but it was less, it was less. And I started to get excited more about that. So yeah, I believe that Henry was absolutely involved in choosing this little guy or, you know, maybe he's connected to him in some way. I don't know, but I definitely, I know that I will see Henry again and I know that I can connect to him when I want. And I know he shows up in so many different ways for me. Rainbows are one. I can't tell me tell you how many times actually that happened again the rainbows the rainbows have happened at a few different times um but like that first one was that time in the parking lot at Walmart and then the other times that that has happened it was many years after like it wasn't until I kind of went through my spiritual awakening in 2017 um and you know opened up a bit more because I do believe that the more that we expand our consciousness, the more that we are open to those signs and synchronicities, um, the more they show up for us. Right. And some people might just say that's, you know, some sort of bias or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's more that when you expand your consciousness, you're, you kind of take the blinders off so that you're seeing what you would have missed that what was always there and you would have missed maybe. And now it's, it's like clear as day. I also believe that, um, those things happen more frequently as well as a way to say, Hey, you know, thought creates, you're thinking of this, you hear this on the radio and then immediately you see something that's connected or the same, right? Um, this, the example of this was, um, a listener of, um, my other podcast, Soul Rising. I remember she said she was listening to an episode of Soul Rising and, somebody had used a specific word or term and it wasn't common. I don't know what it was. I can't remember in this moment, but it was something that was like not common. Right. And she's listening and, and she's driving at the same time. And she looked up like probably within like 30 seconds of hearing the word. And there was a church, a uh, religious, um, you know, facility for lack of better words that had the same name, associated with its name and she went whoa like what's that about and what came through intuitively when she asked me was 
It's a way to show you that, you know, you are manifesting your reality and that thought creates. You hear this, you immediately see it, right? It's 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 that piece about manifesting. So on the last episode, I, I briefly touched on um, manifesting and instantaneous manifesting and how in the spirit world, it is instantaneous, that we're not limited by time and space it or, you know, anything, Um no gravity, right? No, no resistance. It's just instantaneous. And that we are here in this very dense, heavy earth suit to remember that we can manifest. Like, I think it's about remembering that you can, that it's possible. Remembering that thought creates, remembering that you're creating your reality, that we are collectively creating our reality. And, you know, here when we're in earth, things don't move as quickly. So it's not as often, like sometimes things do manifest. We, we might consider them manifesting instantaneously, but I, I probably feel like something, you know, there's been working parts. There was things happening behind the scenes and then it just appears that it might happen instantaneously. But more often than not, it takes a little bit longer, right? It's not instantaneous. And that's just because we, it has to play catch up, right? Like the energy is playing catch up. And so that's why it's so important, you know, to hold the faith when you're manifesting to keep in that vibration of faith, right? And curiosity. That was really strange. I don't know if you heard, but like my laundry room is behind me and I put Wow. Okay. I put my dryer on way before I started recording this. In fact, I checked before I started recording it that the dryer had stopped. So I didn't have any interference and noise. And there was, it was silent. And then the dryer just started. And then as soon as I started talking about the dryer stopped, I don't know. I don't know what's going on back there. But okay. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, my youngest, um, who we'll call G, um, when he was really little, like probably like, I don't know, 15 months to two, he was always afraid of the basement, which is where I am now. And, um, especially in that back room, the door behind me, that's kind of like a utility room. Um, you know, where the furnace is and where the washer and dryer is. My husband has like a workbench back there. And he always said, and he actually is still insistent of this. Like he's, he's mentioned it even recently that Poppy, which is, you know, what uh, my kids called my father, Poppy is by the furnace, Poppy is by the furnace over and over again. He used to say this when he was like 15 months old and barely had any words. Um, and so it's interesting, right? Because G has never, he, he's met my father, but he only met my father once and he was six months old. So probably doesn't have any like memories of him, but yet puppies behind, <laughs> behind the furnace. So yeah, I just, I really wanted today to talk about, to talk about Henry and to talk about emotions and to talk about grief and the importance of grief. It's important. I know that we try to, which I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something right now. I am going to, as I'm talking about this, I am going to look on my Facebook, and I am going to find that blog that I referred to at the beginning that I wrote about grief and being high tide days and low tide days. And I want to read it to you. 
I will find it, I promise. <laughs> I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. This is where I need a... This is where I need... Oh, look, I found it. This is where I need elevator music. Okay, I'm reading to you. I wrote this on October 28th, 2018. Grief. Grief is a complicated, confusing, overwhelming emotion that many not do not talk about. We deal with the biggest, most upsetting, traumatizing situations and losses, and we do it all alone for the most part. Because we're afraid of appearing weak, afraid of judgment. Aren't you over that yet? Afraid of being vulnerable, afraid of opening up because you know it will all crumble down. It'll likely be a temporary collapse, but we feel if we talk, we will have opened the proverbial can of worms. I lost my dad unexpectedly and suddenly nine months ago. He was 60 friggin' years old. 60. I could just fall apart whenever I think of how cheated I feel for him, for my mom and my siblings and for our children. It's an emotional day, I'm telling you, but I'm letting it flow. It feels like it's an intentionally emotional day. Our time here is short. Everyone says so. Enjoy it to the fullest, they say. But what happens when you feel stalled? When you feel overwhelmed and utterly and completely furious? Whew, I feel like I'm going to cry. With the universe for taking away someone you love. Grief ebbs and flows. Sometimes the ocean waters are calm, and some days there's a little ripple. Some days are dark and stormy, and the last thing you want is to be on a life raft battling it alone. I like to compare my own personal grief as a low tide day or a high tide day. Low tide days are the days when I almost convince myself and others that everything is fine. I function as I normally do. I smile and I even laugh. I find joy in simple things. I stop to enjoy and, and live in the moments, but the grief is still out there waiting to come rushing back in and any little thing can set it off. High tide days are when the grief very slowly and gradually fills up and up and up until it's almost bubbling over. I am literally up to my neck in every emotion possible. These days are the days when despite knowing I need to send out an SOS, I do not. I scramble. I flail my arms and legs, desperately trying to stay afloat, and I do it all alone. When I'm in the midst of a stormy day, week, month, year. I retreat. I don't reach out. I try my darndest to keep swimming until I've completely exhausted myself. And that's when grief spews out into every aspect of my life, but disguises itself as anxiety, anger, and impatience. You see, grief isn't just sadness, not just despair and depression. Grief wears many hats. The overwhelm, anxiety, the overwhelming anxiety I felt daily, that's grief. <sighs> the sudden rage I feel when someone pulls the last straw, that's grief. The impatience I have with myself and my family, that's grief. It's a confusing, all-encompassing emotion. So today, I'm throwing out my version of an SOS for myself and for anyone else out there silently hurting. If you can't speak it, whisper it, write it for yourself or for others. Let's let it out, people. <laughs> Be a helper. 
offer someone a small kindness. You see, I truly believe that eventually the kindness versus sadness ratio will even itself out in my heart. I can't bring my dad back with with kindness, but I can fill it but I can fill up the void he left with I'm here. Ooh, what can I do? And I love you. Be good to each other. We've all we've got. We're all we're got. Ooh. I think I needed to read that again. I need to revisit those words in that grief. And I think I feel in my heart of hearts that one of you needed to hear that too. That you needed to hear that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry and frustrated and lost. And most importantly, it's okay to send out an SOS. It's okay to send out an SOS. If you are struggling with loss and grief and rage and frustration... Have some grace with yourself. Grief comes in waves. Some days are high tide days. Some days are low tide days. Sometimes you can be floating around thinking, oh, you know, time heals all wounds. Here I am. Nine years later. Ten years later. I'm all good. And then a wave comes and totally knocks you down, takes your breath away. I feel called to end this episode with a spontaneous card pull. If you listened to last week's episode, um, episode 7, I shared about pulling a card from this specific deck and that I got emotional and cried and just felt as it was so relief, relieving. And is that a right, good word? I don't know. It was so comforting. Um, it is from the Sacred, Sacred Rebels Oracle. And it happens to be sitting by me once again. And I am going to pull a card because I feel like we have a message here. I also want to share a message from a card that's staring me in the face. That's um, from the Empaths Empowerment Deck. And it says, practice self-compassion, see yourself with loving kindness, acknowledge your growth as an empath, and honor the person you have become. Self-compassion and grace with you as you're grieving. If you're grieving, if you're lost, if you're confused on your healing journey, here we go. Okay. Oh, I've never pulled this card before, so I'm really excited to read it to you. So it's interesting that oh, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. So I'm talking about water, right? Using it as a metaphor with grief, high tide, low tide. This picture, if you're, if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. The card is a woman swimming. She looks like she's nude. We can see her, um, you know, her backside and she's under the water and, um, 
there's a lot of blues and greens in this card and the card is against the grain okay so I am going to read this to you and see what the message here is for you so against the grain what does spirit have to say for us today what guidance when it comes to grief and healing and loss So it says, so interesting, Aleph, I just, I forgot to mention in this picture, it's, it's kind of odd because it's a woman swimming underneath the water, but at the top of the card in the water, or maybe like above the water, and it's just her view from underneath the water, there are birds flying. Okay. So it says, you want birds to be able to fly underwater. You want love to trump power. You want humanity to relate to each other as equals and to recognize the sacredness in you and in the world around you. You want to unleash the beauty that hides in even the ugliest of scenes and sentiments. You want to make possible what others cannot be. You are a radical dreamer, a sacred rebel, and you bring the light of a more positive future to the world. However, this can have its burdens. Deep within you, you may feel that you don't really fit in with the rest of the world. Perhaps your sense of how things can be and how they really are is so different to the smaller minds or more fearful hearts of many others that you are rarely received for all that you offer. This might make you feel frustrated and lonely at times. The universe loves you for your unusual take on things, for the quirkiness in you that dares to honor that which is different and renders the impossible possible. You must never ever lose your ways and become dry, serious, appropriate, and conventional, even for appearance's sake, for you would lose your essence. You are here to show that life is about so much more than conventional success. You are someone who lives and breathes in the depths of creative waters. You need to lose yourself to the flow of music, nature, dreams, imagination. You must go against the grain. It's just your way. You're not one of the followers, but one of the agitators. Ooh, I love that. However, yours is not a force of disrespectful chaos. You are a loving catalyst, and by simply being yourself, you constantly remind people that there is always another way. This oracle comes with the particular guidance that you're meant to be exactly as you are. You're meant to be that black sheep. The rainbow sheep. Okay, the rainbow sheep, it says. We just talked about rainbows. Hello, Henry. Hello, Henry. Sending me a sign. And even the wild wolf in the flock of sheep. This daring butterfly spirit calling to the caterpillars, that is you. The price you pay for the gift of individuality is that you must take care of it and guard it so that you are not dulled down and conditioned into pl playing into something that you, not, that you are not. Oh, I love this so much. I love that message so, so much. You know, this, the symbology with the water, right, and the flow, but also about, like, not not shying away, not running away from the things that are darker or that people don't want to talk about. I mean, grief is one of those things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. I mean, the most common fear in the world as, you know, a collective has got to be death, you know, like everything comes back to that fear of what if this is it? What if I cease to exist? And so, you know, but that in itself is a part of life and that I see death now. I used to be somebody that was very, very fearful of death. I see death now as just a rebirth into another stage 
another evolution of the soul, the next level. I know in my heart of hearts that the only true death is that of the physical body. This meat suit is only meant to survive. It's made for the earth. It is of the earth. It's made of the stars, right? Stardust in our cells. And, you know, this can only live here. We don't have this when we go to spirit. If you've lost somebody that maybe in a, maybe the way of passing was traumatic or there was an illness and that person lost the ability to be themselves or were in so much pain all the time. I want you to know, my clients can vouch this, that when they transition to the spirit world, they are not bound by their human body anymore. The pain is gone. This morning when I connected to my client's past loved one, the one I spoke about already with the the baby in spirit, um, another loved one had come through that had passed away in a way, in a manner that, you know, there's still some residual trauma for my client and heartache around it. And that loved one in spirit came through the first, and I, like, I didn't know those details going in, you know, and that loved one in spirit came through. And the first thing they said to me was, my spirit has been renewed. And they came through to me as they would have been, as they, they appeared physically in my mind's eye, as they would have been at 35, despite the fact that they passed away in their late 80s. And they described their hobbies and their loves and their passions and, you know, how they're able-bodied and able to do what they want and that their spirit is renewed. And I loved this because this loved one in spirit also, you know, would have um, not only had physical, um, you know, health things going on, but also had dementia memory. So that renewed spirit was really a mind, mind and soul, like totality to like renewed all over. And so it's a rebirth of sorts, right? And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that more, the more we talk about death and the more that we, we share how we feel as those that have been, you know, left behind. It's one thing we all have in common, right? We all have been born, we're all living and we all die. And we all have experienced others who have passed. It's this commonality among us, whether or not we want it or not, we all understand it. And I think we really just have to get on board with talking about it and moving through the, the silences and moving through the taboo of talking about it. Now, you might be a listener who's just curious about this work and maybe you don't, you don't fully believe or you're skeptical in what it is that I do and that's okay. I applaud you for being here and listening and having an open mind. I am never going to be somebody that forces my beliefs on somebody else. I think that, you know, if somebody is to open up spiritually to, you know, the possibilities that I bring forward, 
that there's divine timing in that, that that is meant to happen as and when it does. So, you know, just keep an open mind and thank you for listening. If you are skeptical or, you know, maybe not even a believer, that's okay. I have people in my life that, um, might be skeptical and not skeptical of me. Like that's actually a commonality. I've had people that I've worked with before that I've grown up with say, I'm kind of don't know what to do about this. Like when I came out as a medium, because I know you and I know what kind of person you are. And I know that you're like actually a good person. Like you are somebody that is very compassionate and honest and transparent and kind. And so I I had like one person in particular say this to me, I am unsure how to rectify that, what I know to be true about you. And the fact that you're doing something that say my religion would say it's not possible for a human to do. And so, you know, sometimes when we go through a spiritual awakening, there can actually be experiences of grief that go along with that, especially if you're somebody that has maybe, um, like deep religious views, you've been brought up a certain way and this is what has been told to you as truth. And maybe all of a sudden you're experiencing things that are different than that. And that maybe shouldn't be possible based on what you learned. And so just have grace with yourself. Take it easy with yourself. You're not going crazy. The universe is magic. You are magic. You are an expression of the divine. I truly believe that we all are the universe, the divine, experiencing itself, manifesting itself. I hope today's chat about grief, you know, I know it was kind of impromptu and I really just wanted to get out of my heart what needed to come out and share that piece that I wrote about grief because I felt like somebody needs to hear it. I feel like somebody needs to hear it. Speak their name. Talk about them. Talk to them. Spirit is a thought away. That's how energy works. When you think about someone who is now in energy form, in spirit form, you invite their energy to you. Sending you so much love, all of you, on this path called life. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode here of the Intuitive Rising podcast. If you would like to continue the chats and join the community, please join us over on Facebook and search for the Intuitive Rising community. All are welcome. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating. If you'd like to connect with me directly, please visit my website at theintuitiverising.com.